like if you put this buffet in front of someone and say, okay, eat it, but you've got three months, don't worry, it'll last. You're still like, holy, what do I do? What do I start with? You have to allow some opportunity for adults to pick and choose what they need at that time because nobody's coming into a program as a homogenous group. Everybody is coming with different needs, different skills, different knowledge, different mindset. It's really helpful if you can break it down and give them pieces that they can feel accomplishment and achievement mm. by completing smaller chunks as they move through maybe a greater suite of programs. Hi, I'm Manya, the host of Your Greatest Work podcast. This is a show for course creators and thought leaders who are creating a learning experience for their audience. I'm going to help you in this podcast by bringing on guest speakers and having great discussions with people from around the world on how to create really amazing learning experiences that get great results for learners. That's what we're here for, right, folks? Well, enjoy this next episode. Hi, Jordana. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Manya. Everybody, Jordana is incredible. She and I have had the opportunity to work together briefly and, you know, over the last couple of years and socialize. And you're just such an amazing person. You're inspiring women all over the place as an eating psychology coach and a, a fitness coach. And you're in magazines and it's just amazing. So I'm inspired. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. So excited. Yeah. And I have a feeling that we're going to be able to get into some really interesting conversation that's super useful for the audience listening because you've created courses before. You are a coach, so you're creating ongoing programming for people. Mm -hmm. And um, you're just a chronic learner. I know that about you. Yeah. So you have a lot of insight from that learner perspective. And I think that makes um, you just such an empathetic course creator and program creator. Also, you're brilliant at helping people overcome um, negative feelings and behaviors that aren't serving them anymore. So I think that's a very important skill and it makes you a bit of a superhero. <laughs> so Aww, I'm curious about how you do that, um, because I think it's a real gift that you have is helping people with these mindset um, challenges. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, Jordana, tell me what's going on with you. What are you doing right now as a coach to support women in their journey to better health? Yeah. So thank you for that amazing introduction, Manya. That was awesome. I'm like blushing over here. Um, but honestly, I look at it like every day I get to support women. It's honestly such a privilege and an honor that people trust us with helping them learn something that they don't know. And so much of your audience is thinking about this right now, right? Like, mm -hmm. how do I teach somebody something that I'm an expert at? And for me, it really comes down to the fact that I am helping women get to a place and go through a journey that I personally went through. And I think that's where the best content comes from is when you have personally walked that journey. That's where the empathy comes from. That's where the personalization comes from. That's where the anticipation of what could go wrong in that journey and where the stumbling blocks might be. That's where a great coach is different from just anybody that you might be working with. And that's also the difference between phenomenal content that really resonates and the courses that really resonate between that, that might be, you know, just okay. Yeah, that is a really good point. I've talked about this actually in other podcast episodes that it's just theoretical until you actually get skin in the game, until you actually go through it and try it yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really only then that you get it and you have that empathetic um, connection to other people going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. So tell us what brought you to this position of being able to coach women with probably one of the hardest things ever is like managing what you eat and managing how you move your body and how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. I mean, this is like one of the number one challenges for women, I would argue. So how did you get here? Like, tell us about what you're actually doing for for women. What's your program look like? So it's interesting that you say that because 90% of women hate how they look in the mirror. They feel badly about themselves. It is sad. They feel badly about themselves. They Um, talk badly to themselves. And this becomes intergenerational trauma that we pass down to our kids. And so they watch us getting ready in the morning and they see, you know, us making faces at ourselves or stepping on and off the scale or refusing to look in the mirror um, or, you know, constantly dieting. And for me, that was the, the biggest aha moment was when my daughter was 10 months old and I was getting ready for this event. And I saw her watching me get ready and I was crying. I was throwing clothes out and I was like, nothing Mm. fits and this is awful. And I was calling myself bad names and I saw that she saw this and it broke my heart. And I said, no, this is the cycle that I need to stop for women is Mm -hmm. how do I solve this for myself first? How do I get support? How do I learn? How do I become something greater than I am today? And then translate that back into the work that I do with my clients. And so Mm. on the surface, it looks like I often say like I trick people into like becoming the best <laughs> version of themselves. They think that they're getting training and nutrition plan, but what they're really getting is changing their lives from the inside out when they really do the work. And we do the work together through our biweekly conversations and through the homework and even just being able to simple practice of prioritizing food prep that is nourishing and creating the time to feed themselves consistently with food that is good and whole and nourishing and that tastes delicious and movement in their body that's positive that makes them feel good all of those have a trickle effect into the rest of their lives and so that's really the work that I do is I take something like training and exercise and what is typically a negative experience like weight loss and I turn it into the catalyst for them to feel like their best selves every single day that's inspiring. Um, I'm ready to sign up. <laughs> no, I, I know, you know, I've been there. I've worked. Um, I've, I'm a strong girl. I've worked with members in the strong girl platform and I have been part of this journey and I know how transformative it is. And I know that I still have work to do, but I haven't worked one-on-one with you yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, so what is that extra little bit of secret sauce that you add in that helps women have this transformation mentally, because that's Mm -hmm. ultimately where the real future value lies, right? Um, We can have the body we want in this moment, but what about the changes that occur in our, in our minds and the way that we treat ourselves? So Mm -hmm. can you tell us specifically what you do? Like, is it, is it, do you ask questions or do you have any exercises or or things you put people through? What, what are some of those routines? I actually think it's not me. I think it's my clients. Honestly, I think it is when they're ready to work with me, they're ready to face themselves. And I think that there's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of programs. There's a lot of ways to lose weight. 
if that's ultimately what you're trying to do, there's a lot of sustainable ways and there's a lot of less sustainable, healthy ways. Mm -hmm. But when clients come to me, they know, they know at the very beginning, if you follow me on social media, if you are on my newsletter, if you are, have ever worked with me or know somebody who's worked with me, you will know that I do ask the tough questions. I give you homework, but you need to show up and do the work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a transformation really happens. Any coach that is worth their salt will typically not take credit for their transformations because the process is and the approach is very similar. The tools in my toolkit, are that's what I have, right? And it's identifying for my client where they might want to explore more deeply for themselves and ask themselves those questions and face some of those demons of their past or dig into things that they feel really uncomfortable or vulnerable with and learn how to face them. Because when they do, that's when their transformation goes next level. That's when they unlock the doors. They find more strength. They find more energy. They feel lighter and freer. Um, they can let go of negative thinking, which not just in the health and wellness space, but also as an entrepreneur and yeah. your audience listening now, we face that every single day, the negative thinking, imposter syndrome, all of that, that place where we feel like we're not mm -hmm. worthy, that sits within all of us, whether your goal is weight loss or launching a course. Oh, yeah, you oh, you're talking about loaded stuff there. And it's a pretty amazing topic. I feel like we could discuss this for a long time and get really deep and personal. And you said something that really stood out to me there that it's the people that you've attracted to work with you. That's where the success lies. So what could we learn from that as we are generating leads for our programs, perhaps, or we are getting buy-in from our corporate learners, is there anything that we can do to make sure that people are showing up ready and prepared? Is that just timing? Is that mm -hmm. the way you're marketing to them? Is that what you're saying? Or are you or are you somehow kind of prepping people to be ready to work with you? Because that's, that's a really key part of the success, right, is readiness. Mm -hmm. Can you manufacture yeah, sure. that readiness or is, is that just a fluke? <laughs> Um, I don't think it's manufactured, but I think it's groomed. And there are people along the way that will be attracted to whether it's your Instagram or to your company as an employee who's ready to eventually you want to get them from this place of where they are today to being either like this place as an employee or this place as, you know, success story of your course. And as they go through this journey, you're curating your content to deliver a message of, here's who you are when you work with me, or here's who I am because of what I've learned. Here's the successes all along the path. And people start to identify with who you are, what you stand for in your beliefs. And I've always stood for two main things in my business is um, authenticity and integrity. And I think being able to show up every single day as myself really is has become very disarming in this industry. At first, I thought it was... Um, a flaw of mine that I was not like six feet tall, like glamazon with like super long legs. And I'm like this five, two powerhouse. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've embraced that and I show up as that and being able to be okay in my body and have lived that journey. Um, I think that it helps my potential clients. It helps the audience who's attracted to me. It helps the clients that I have today really be able to look at themselves and say, if she can be okay with herself, maybe I can too. And showing up a little bit more vulnerably um, and who you really are and what you really believe in and being consistent with that, 
um, really makes all the difference in grooming what was once your audience who's now who's listening to you to getting on the phone with you potentially or reading your sales page, um, deciding whether or not they want to take your course or work with you to then converting that potential client into a paying client, someone who's taking your course and ultimately gaining the success that that you're promising and, and delivering through your material. Right. And I believe that you you didn't specifically call it out, but what you were talking about there was deeply knowing your audience and deeply knowing your niche and your yeah. learner. And because you have had a corporate career in marketing, you understand how critical it is to know your user and to know what experience yeah. they're looking for. And this is what I'm doing within, you know, the learning experience design space is we're using a lot of those digital marketing components like personalization and knowing your audience, knowing that niche and having those customer personas. We're using those things and we're getting a lot better at incorporating them into an overall learning experience design or strategy or product. So talk to me about how deeply you've had to or or what you've had to do to get to know your ideal customer. Is this a lot of your own mm -hmm. lived experience or, um, you know, did this come kind of through trial and error or research? How did you get to know them? Mm -hmm. Well, I think in my position, I'm a little bit, I want to say lucky, or there was some upside to the fact that I'm actually my ideal yeah, client. That helps. <laughs> I That helps. Um, so getting to know myself, and um, that was one stage of it. Who was I when I really started my fitness journey? What was I struggling with? What did I need to learn? What was overwhelming and could have been a barrier to entry? What could have been super motivating for me at that time. And then as I figured out each one of those elements, I began testing those pieces of content in my content strategy. And I would start to see what would resonate. And as a one person show, um, as a solo entrepreneur, um, that meant going into the analytics that I had access to and really trying to understand my numbers. So whether that was uh, website visits, calls booked with me, um, and to some degree, um, some vanity metrics on Instagram or social media in order to get a sense of what kind of reach mm -hmm. I was getting. Uh, but honestly, I don't hold too much in that. Then I went into research and understanding the psychology of who I wanted to work with, um, not just from my own experience, but what would studies say about these type of women that I want to work with? What is commonly known? What are people writing about these kinds, this, this type of person that I want to work with, who is my ideal client? And then as I started to gain clients, you build really deep relationships as a one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm, coach. Do. And our clients give us the greatest insight into our potential clients. They let you know who you really like working with and who maybe you don't want to continue to attract. And their feedback whether positive or negative, it's all constructive and we need to be open and listen to all of it in order to keep that cycle going in this perpetual upwards direction that we all want to go in as business entrepreneurs. Yes, we could talk a lot about marketing, couldn't we? <laughs> and some yeah, of the challenges, <laughs> especially as a course creator. And, um, you know, you'd mentioned earlier when we were speaking that lead generation is a tricky topic. I don't know if I'm the right person to, um, you know, to talk about this and solve that question. 
However, I believe that when we know really deeply who our audience is, it becomes easier to find things that are valuable for them, right? And like you said, to create content that resonates and it's that consistent feedback loop, right? We, we put it out there, we see if it works, if it doesn't, and then we iterate and we, you know, put out that next yeah. version, we keep testing. And that's also a great approach with course creation. So I like to do that a lot with my clients. We put out something, we pilot, we test it and see what the response is. Usually we're already 90% there because we've done a lot of user research anyways. We don't come up with, I have this idea and I need everybody to hear it. We go, what's this challenge that we know people have and what can we do to solve for that based on what we know or based on what we do best? So usually it's about 90% there, but you still need to incorporate those feedback loops and iterate um, so that your your mm -hmm. course is never just a one and done. Usually there's some tweaks that happen to make sure it's really working for your user. So have you learned this in your own course creation? Because I know you've you had a, a great course. You have recently retired it, right? As you're spending so much time mm -hmm. with your one-on-one -on -one clients. But what did you learn from that experience with a more of like an online course offering? Yeah. So the biggest thing I learned was just do mm. it because I had been thinking about launching a course for probably three years. And um, I even like mapped out probably like 10 different ways that the course could flow. I like named it 20 different times, but I never sat down and actually filmed a single segment mm. um, or started to market it or do anything until um, I worked with a, a business coach and they said to me, um, I don't believe that you're an entrepreneur until you actually publish mm -hmm. something, like get mm -hmm. it out the mm -hmm. door. So when you get it out the door, tweak it along the way, your best feedback will come just as you just said, will come from your user experience and put out there what you believe the world needs and tweak it along the way. Because getting it out there, at least you are starting to grow your business. You're putting your message out there and you're starting to help people, which is the purpose of what we're doing in the first place by designing mm -hmm. content and rolling it out to a specific audience is we're solving a problem. And so I did just that. I, I sat down, I took, at the time I was still working a corporate job. So I actually took a week off vacation and I said, I'm going to launch this course in mm -hmm. one week. And I sat down with like my DSLR and I set up my space and I went to town filming and I edited everything by myself. And um, like, I would say that it was pretty rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. Like I, but I got mm -hmm. it out and I launched and I had some people go mm -hmm. through it and it felt so mm -hmm. good because you are finally getting to the point where as an, as an entrepreneur or course creator, you've delivered a product. You're like, Check mark. That is awesome. You've overcome like your imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. You've like put something out there. You feel amazing. And then you're like, all right, is this actually working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and how do I scale it? And how do I talk about it more holistically? And what do I do with people who've finished the course? And it became very overwhelming space for me. And I think that's why what you're doing, Manya, is so powerful because people need that continued support. Course creators need that continued support to know how do I move clients through this progress and be successful. And for me, I found um, that I, I did recently uh, retire the course because I really wanted to dive deep on one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but it was a wonderful experience being able to 
coach women through that environment and still also provide some personal touches through that course, even though it was meant to be much more self-directed. Right. And it is useful to have some of these resources, even if you are a one-on-one coach, right? You have a platform currently where people access recipe books or workouts through their app and their nutrition and support along the way, right? So people still have that sort of a a program working with you one-on-one. And I think it is so useful to be able to support people in what they need, which is when I need to search for something, where do I go? You don't want them going randomly to YouTube or, you know, to, um, to Google to find their answers. It's great when you can provide them with your own content within your membership platform. So, you know, ultimately you've kind of just transitioned into a slightly different way of presenting your information, which is excellent because it's the way that the user wants it. So I think that's really good. Um, one of the things that you mentioned there was retention. How do you support people who go through a program and then what do you do with them? And like, how do you capture them yeah. as a lifetime customer and, you know, or, or a student? And I think that's a really great point. And what I see a lot of course creators doing is they put out this massive program. Let's just say it's like a, you know, three month endeavor for their learner. And they are trying to teach them everything all in this course. and. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes course creators make when it comes to having a finishable course, because it's way too overwhelming. Like if you put this buffet in front of someone and say, okay, eat it, but you've got three months, don't worry, it'll last. You're still like, holy, what do I do? What do I start with? Um, And everybody's going to have a different taste. They might be like, right now, I really could go for those grapes, but I'm not allowed to have those grapes until next month. I got to eat this my way through this program, you know, meat first, potatoes next, and then I get the grapes. So it's really interesting how you structure a program. You have to allow some opportunity for adults to pick and choose what they need at that time, because nobody's coming into a program um, as a homogenous group. Everybody is coming with different needs, different skills, different knowledge, different mindset, you have to be able to give them some flexibility. So that can be tough. And you can't give them the whole buffet. <laughs> it's really helpful if you can break it down and give them pieces that they can feel accomplishment and achievement by completing smaller mm-hmm. chunks as they move through maybe a greater suite of programs. Um, so that's just like one simple way that you can maintain momentum, build ongoing relationship and retain customers. And the beauty is if they get great results from some of those early interactions, they're going to become your biggest fans. They're going to become your lead gen tool because they are going to tell everybody about the success and the results they had. So I think if we could perhaps experiment with some of our programs and try putting out a much smaller segment um, and see how that goes, because I believe from my experience, what I've seen, it's a lot easier for people to have success and want to stay with you longer term. Because if I achieve something small with Jordana, I'm going to want to then see what the next thing is. How can I level up after that first experience? But if I look at it like, oh, I've got to become fit and like love myself, it can be overwhelming. No. So that could be a really, you know, practical way to consider this journey is what can we do this month? (laughs) 
That's actually brilliant. Like you were talking and I was thinking about my course and I was, like when it was live and I'm like, that's exactly the mistake I made. I put out a 12 week course. It was drip fed per week. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. It makes sense to me. But I, I have to wonder if it really made sense to my learners because I was like forcing them through this path. And now as as a one-on-one coach, it's so much more flexible for me because I I do have the buffet of here's all the things we're going to learn, but we're going to start here. And this is like the foundational piece. And once you get it, we're going to go here. And then based on your biofeedback and based on your our communication together, we might go, you know, off in this direction or we might go off over to this other direction because it makes more sense for your personal journey. And it's so much more customized. And I think you can and do you that. you might feel a skill set's lacking or you might feel yeah. like they're missing a piece. So then you have to just put everything on pause for a sec, go sort that out, yes. <laughs> come back and then kind of continue on. And um, I've, I, I see this as well with um, music educators, which is always interesting because people come with a variety of already ex- learned experiences and um, they come with a different knowledge level and music teachers sometimes have to take a step back and be like, okay, we need to work on strengthen your pinky Mm. before we can do this thing. So let's just do some pinky training. And I know that sounds hilarious, but it's true. It's fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you're like, okay, now we can work on this song because we've got the pinky under control. And it's the same thing that you do, right? It's like, okay, we've got a, you know, a muscle group that needs some extra stabilization. Let's just pause on our program. Let's just sort out that muscle group. And then you'll have the strength to be able to come back and and we can make more progress. Exactly. Oh, I feel like I had like a great spontaneous thought and it slipped my mind, but that's okay. Maybe, maybe it'll come back to me. (laughs) This was getting me excited with regards to retention, but I do know that if we can create less of like a really structured and rigid, you must do this, then this, then this, then this, and create more of like a repository of curated resources that people Mm -hmm. can draw upon when they have questions. It makes it um, more sustainable and more relevant for Mm -hmm. adults because adults are very specific about the way they learn. If they feel embarrassed or ashamed or like they're lacking some knowledge and they feel stupid because they should know it, that can be a major hindrance. Yeah. So if you have resources where someone feels awkward asking the question of, how do I do a bicep curl? But like, if you've got like the video showing it, they don't have to feel inhibited or dumb. Exactly. You know, they can just get that. And one of, the, one of the things that has been most critical for me as a strong girls coach is actually, I'll, I'll mention two things is um, we've created a success path and the success path creates this alignment between coach and client and in in your case might be between course creator and learner where it says here's where you're starting and here's our agreement to go on this journey together and every time you hit a milestone here's where you are in this journey to success and having that success path laid out up front has been really critical in being able to clarify everyone's role and also what success actually means. And then, like you said, when we have all of those resources created over time available to those clients as part of their course learning, as part of their coaching, um, you're actually teaching resourcefulness. And resourcefulness is so critical in building confidence Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in making people feel accomplished. If we feel like we've achieved it ourselves, 
we're far more likely for long-term sustainable behavior change than we are if somebody's just spoon-fed this information. We do it on autopilot and then we're done. And then we just go back mm-hmm. to the way we were before. So resourcefulness is is a big one for me as a coach. Right. We have to teach people how to fish. 100%. <laughs> we need to teach them where to find the information, mm-hmm. how to go about that rather than really being really rigid and prescribed in the way that you're presenting that information. I think that's a key takeaway for course creators. Think about how you can curate the resources and guide people with the right expectations rather than being super rigid with, nope, I know this is what you need. You need to do it now because that's definitely going to become a hurdle for somebody. And more than likely, that is what is contributing to the 80% 80 to 87% rate in the industry. So loads of people want what you have, they're buying it, but only 15% on average are finishing. Unreal. Which is kind of too bad because they're not going to get their value. They're going to feel let down and they're going to feel maybe a bit ripped off, which is very negative mm-hmm. for the industry as a whole, because this is a growing industry. Um, course creation and online learn- learning is growing. It's only going to continue growing. And we need to do our part to keep the industry uh, elevated and like actually promising and delivering the right thing, not just being great at selling. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, dear. Slight offside pet peeve. Okay, I want to ask you a question that I'm curious about. Is there a learning experience that you've participated in that really stood out? Mm -hmm. And what was it that made it kind of special or, or stand out for you? And yeah, maybe you could share that. Sure. For me, it was, um, it's always, I always go back to personalization. Um, and that can be something small, the smallest details, like my name is included in what I know is still automated, but we've built, we have the technology today to create something that's a little bit more personalized. We do create relationships with our clients and our learners and using the information that we do capture about them to make that a far more personalized approach. I love that. And if, mm-hmm. if, if um, entrepreneurs and companies are willing to go one above that, some of the most stellar experiences I've had are, you know, when you know your customer journey so well, and you're able to integrate elements of personalization that are both online as well as offline, to me, that's the ultimate experience. Um, I have received uh, handwritten thank you notes when I've... Um, complete within the week, the week that I've completed a course or, um, you know, something that I clicked in the survey, um, about feedback, you know, they actually sent me a download that addressed the piece of my feedback that I delivered, or, um, you know, I was able to, when I, when I hit a certain success rate on completion or, a grade if you have an exam as part of your course creation, it unlocked something else in their programming. And I think when you start to think about your learners and your clients as people and humans, and you know, you really focus on connection over just delivering this information that you want to get out because you have a profit to make and you're running mm-hmm. a business. Um, when you really dive into the relationship, I think you can be so creative and create this incredible customer experience that is just second to none. And that will also drive your completion rate. That's awesome. I love those examples because they're really tangible. And I think that challenges people to think creatively. I know one of my pet peeves is when 
I buy a, a program and there's this like big workbook and it's a PDF of 150 pages and I have to stand at my printer and print it. And then it's like $60 later in ink cartridges. And I'm just annoyed because it's spilled all over the floor. Just mail me a book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't want to be at my printer for an hour figuring out, especially if all the PDFs are separate files. Literally, it's my it's the biggest worst. pet peeve. Yeah. Oh, I did this one course and it was, it had to really get you thinking and kind of zoning in and, and chilling into the moment. So the creator actually had you sit through this guided kind of like meditation where you had to close your eyes and envision and he was talking. Music was beautiful. And at the end of it, you got your password to be able to log into the experience. And I thought, how funny, but no, I literally had to just sit there, wait for those seven minutes, get relaxed. My breathing changed, get into the headspace. It's like, I couldn't be multitasking. had to just like, okay, I'm committed now to like, purposefully preparing for this experience. And I thought that was brilliant. And that probably um, that experience was designed with intention to tie back into the type of content that you were learning. It was totally intentional. And I've done so many courses and I've seen so much learning, right? I mean, like this is what I've done for the last, I don't even know how long, 10, 12 years. And that stands out. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, be creative and figure out how to create intention um, and personalize your program. I think those are really great um, words of advice. Well, Jordana, I think we've been talking for quite a while and I'm like blown away by all the goodness that you've discussed and what you've talked about. Is there anything you want to leave people with, you know, specifically around just cultivating these mindset shifts or behavior shifts for people and how you can help them overcome. And how important is that at the beginning of a program? Like how is it, how important is it to address those hurdles for people? Maybe mm-hmm. just to leave you with the last word. Sure. Um, mindset is huge. Like we have the opportunity to create impact over anything else that we're doing as a course creator. You're you're changing somebody's life. You're cha- you're helping them learn something that they cannot figure out by themselves. And they're paying you to do that. And that's an incredible opportunity. Um, but that can be really intimidating for a lot of people. So I like to think about the same things that I think about with my clients when they get started on their program. I would leave you with the same advice. Really define and get clear on your why. Why are you doing this work? Who is it for? What problem are you solving? Because if you're always leading with an open heart from that place, then you're always coming from a a phenomenal place of intention and purpose driven support, which and relationship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The second piece is you will eventually think negatively about the program that you are designing, how it's being delivered, what's going on, you're going to see somebody else, you're going to get caught in comparison traps and all Mm -hmm. these negative thinking styles that are so prevalent in our society on every level of whatever you're doing personally and professionally, and really being able to keep yourself in check on your negative thoughts and imposter syndrome is going to be massive. So whether that's turning off your notifications on social media, unfollowing people, really just getting laser focused, do your research, know what's going on in your space, Mm -hmm. but then shut it off because you don't need other people to influence what your direction is and stay true to what you've you've committed to doing with the experts that you're relying on. And then mm-hmm. the last piece, consistency trumps 
everything. We will trip up. We will fail. Our customer service might not live up to expectations. Maybe not every client is going to hit their their targets with you. But you as as the the course designer, the coach, the entrepreneur, um, or even you as the learner, consistency is key and not holding what happened yesterday as the truth for tomorrow. Um, that's always been something that I've, I've stayed really true on and allowing each day to be a reset and just keep going. Never stop. That's wonderful. And I would encourage people to sign up for your newsletter because the last one that came out was really great. It was a printable for sure. Um, about all of the negative self-talk and the different types of negativity. I thought that was really interesting. Number eight and 10 were also me. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so I'd encourage you to um, go visit Jordana's site. We'll link that in, um, in the show notes and check out more of what you're doing and how people might be able to work with you on this really incredible transformation journey. So thanks again, Jordan. It was a real honor to have a chance to spend this half hour with you. Thank you, Manya. This is amazing. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to pull something really useful out of this episode. And I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please contact us if you'd like to learn more about anything that we've discussed or if you need help creating your next learning experience. We've got lots of great ways to work together and I would love to have a conversation to see if it might be the right fit. Also, consider leaving us a review and definitely subscribe so you don't miss out on any interesting topics that could really help you in your journey. 